And we are back. Yes. Hooray. It's time for We Need to Talk About Ghosts with me, Kevin Eustace. It's the rebooted edition. Everything is going well. Thank you so much for your feedback about the first two shows. Some really positive stuff, and I really appreciate you taking the time to get in touch. I genuinely do. If you want to get in touch with me or the show, or send a story in to be read out, you can do so by emailing contact at talkaboutghosts.com. When you send that in, I'll read it. And if it's good, we read it out. It's very simple. Even if it's bad, we'll read it out. We really do need the content. No, we don't. We're actually good for a while. But yeah, if you send your stories in, we will read them out because it's your show at the end of the day. I'm just a conduit to deliver paranormal goodness. Now, we've got all of the usual stuff from the new revamped episodes. We're going to have a review shortly about a paranormal app. Interesting. And then later on, we're going to, of course, have Becca coming back on the show to do her paranormal Reddit corner. My new favourite feature, if only for the fact she can't stomach the intro music that I've given her. But before we do any of that, of course, we need to say thank you to the people who support this independent podcast on Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, you get two extra shows each and every week. One is just me rambling about my day and the other is a paranormal podcast. If you'd like to get that extra content and support the show, go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And not only do you get all of that, you also get me butchering your name with an acoustic guitar, like so. The guitar is well and truly out. And we have two wonderful new Patreons to thank this week. We have Carol Poland and Alicia Nguyen. So thank you guys. This song's for you. When you sign up to Patreon We will thank you who buy song Just like this one Carol Poland, Alicia Nguyen Carol Poland, Alicia Nguyen Thank you again Thank you again Thank you End it on a seventh just like we always did, always have and always will. So yeah, if you want to become a Patreon, go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. So, it's that section of the show where we now review something paranormal. It can be anything, it can be a film, it can be a podcast, it can be a book, it can be a TV series, it could be a t-shirt. It probably won't be a t-shirt, but you never know. Anyway, what we're going to review today is an app. Yes. Now, you may be aware that I've got this app. I paid 10 English pounds for this app. This app is called Necrophonic. Now, you will see, or you will have seen, this app be used on every ghost hunting YouTube channel that there is. Laney and Ben, who I interviewed a few months ago, they've used it when they do their ghost hunts. Um, some of the big American ghost hunting companies that do it all over YouTube, they use this app. Necrophonic, it's £10 in the App Store. I don't know what it would be in dollars or wherever you're from, what it would be in your currency, but I'm sure it will be available. Now, the point of the app is that it's meant to allow EVPs to come through your phone and for the dead to speak to you through your mobile device. Now, you will know that there are other things which kind of 
came before Necrophonic. So there was the Ghost Radar, which I think got really big about 10 years ago, maybe. And we've all had that. If you're into ghosts, you will have downloaded Ghost Radar at some point in your life, I am sure, where it's kind of like a crosshair thing, a green thing. And now and again, it will blip if there's a ghost nearby. And sometimes there'll be like 12 nearby you and nothing's changed. You're like, hmm, interesting. And then little words will appear at the bottom of it and it'll say like, beans. And you'll be like, oh, beans, yes, yes, ghostly beans. It was like, Fred, yes, yes, Fred, Fred, Fred and beans. I'm writing these down. Uh, anger and things like that. Do you know what I mean? The good thing about Necrophonic, and this is why it's not going to be a completely negative review. The good thing about Necrophonic is that I think it plays on Paradolia a lot. And we are going to load it up in a minute and have a little go. But it plays on Paradolia a lot. So you will hear, I think, what you want to hear because it gives you the chance to in how it's set up. So you will, you can come away from using Necrophonic believing that it's a very good app. And a lot of people do. I've seen videos where I, I don't hear anything be said, just static and the odd random word, maybe like, cheese. And they will be like blown away and be like, oh my God, it said Emma Thompson. And it didn't, you know, they've just heard it through Paradolia. But whenever I've used it, I've never got anything good there was one time when we'd done a little trip to Wales with Becca's friends when we put it on, and I was convinced when listening back, it was saying Becca's name. I was convinced. Again, I'm sure it was just Paradolia, but that's what it sounded like. But anyway, we're going to load it up now. You can see what I mean, and then we will give it an overall thumbs up or thumbs down rating. So this is Necrophonic. This is what happens when you turn it on. So there you go. It announces its name, Necrophonic. It looks very demonic. It's all black and white writing and um, like a pentagram in there too. And if you press start, this is what you get. You get random noises coming through and it's down to you to interpret them into being something that makes sense. So you will see there's other effects you can add on like echo and reverb, which a lot of people do. They definitely use reverb. So we're going to pop that on. And it just makes it a little bit more scary, like you're in a cave. So what you're meant to do is be like, is there anybody here right now? Now, from that, some people like on American shows will be like, it said Fred, and there was a Fred who died here back in 1972. So let's try it again one more time. Um, what's my name? Now... Arguably, that said Kevin then. Even I heard that a bit. So I don't know. I just don't know. What I will say is that it's a great scary toy. If you're on your own using it and you're in a dark room, you will be terrified. So if you're looking for a good scare, get it. Because even the anticipation of something accurate coming through is enough to put the fear of God into you. And from experience of using it quite a lot of times, I don't think it works personally but I can definitely see the appeal. So the fact that I don't think it works, it costs a tenner. They're two negative things, but it is fun. So I don't know. So I'm going to give this one thumb up, one thumb down. That's how we seem to be rating things now. Two thumbs up, two thumbs down, or our very first time we're doing it, one thumb down, one thumb up. So a bit of a mixed bag for Necrophonic, but go and check it out if you want to get it. And by the way, like I've said many times, I'm not endorsed to promote these products. I like to review these things because... 
I see these paranormal things all around, all the time, and you will too. So therefore, I'm going to buy them so you don't have to. Or in this case, you might want to. I don't know. But there you go. That's the Necrophonic app. Okay, so it's that time where we need to do your listener ghost stories. These are your true paranormal experiences that have happened to you. You've sent them in to me, and I'm going to read them out, and we're going to get scared together. Don't forget, if you're sat on a true paranormal experience, write it down and send it in to me at contact at talk about ghosts. And the person who's done that today is Carolyn, and she writes, Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's afternoon here, but you know. First, I'd like to say that I wish to remain anonymous for the most part. Ah, my first name is fine. Hooray! Phew. I do not wish to share the location of this because the hospice house in this experience is a lovely place where only the best people work. Well, that's lovely. It takes a special kind of person to work in these places. The ability to love, care for and help in the transition of life to death is a type of work that takes a toll on the heart and mind, no doubt. I do not want to rob a family of the comfort the facility can bring and our case was rare because of the amount of time we were there. So this is Carolyn's paranormal experience. I had only experienced the transition once before in my life and even then I was young and didn't really understand. I just recall my dad crying for the first time in my entire life when we sat with my grandfather that day. Fast forward many years later, and I found myself in the same position with my sister. What led up to this is just as inspiring as it is sad. My sister had been fighting stage 4 cancer for years. In truth, we were fortunate to have doctors in her life that were able to keep the cancer contained for the most part while she lived a relatively normal life. However, an end to that journey came with a rather sudden infection that ended all treatments. We didn't think she'd lived through the weekend from the way the doctors had spoken about it. But by some miracle, the doctor's words here, she did. That miracle gave us three wonderful months where her laughter and spark didn't leave until that last week, when the transition began. I should point out that my sister was older than I by 12 years, and she and my mother were the strongest women in the world for what they endured. I was 34 and she was 46 at the time of her death. That said, the infection she suffered left her bedridden, requiring special care and being limited to a bed due to the physical damage it had done. While she was in hospice care myself, my mother and my sister-in-law took turns staying the night with her. The hospice house that cared for her was more like a country club tucked away from the world on a property that was lush and green with corridors and rooms that are of a high quality. Still, like any place that is touched by death on a daily basis, there's an energy there. I was told by many of the staff that the facility was haunted, that a certain wing was known to activity more than others. They never told me what exactly they experienced. On the nights I stayed with her, I would work the later shift of the retail store that I helped manage. My supervisors were well aware of the situation, as my sister had worked for the company for 25 years. They knew what she was battling, and so they were very understanding, and worked with me to give me as much time as I could afford with her. In fact, I worked there because they were understanding of my role as caregiver. At that time, my mother, my father, and sister 
were all ill. There was one night in particular that haunts me. Now, most of the experiences I have were through dreams. It's the horrible dreams that I remember the most. One particular night, I had a nightmare that shook me. As I sat in the hospice room, my sister knitting as that was her hobby in bed, I was reading up on some novels I'd been meaning to read. It was a quiet night where the two of us just enjoyed the rain on the window pane. However, one moment I looked over and she was asleep. Now this was common. I'm a bit of a night owl and morning person. It's such a healthy lifestyle, sarcasm intended. However, as I sat there, I looked up. Something, and I'm not sure what, drew my attention to the upper wall of the room near the door. As I looked at it and studied the wall, something twisted within. Suddenly, a sinister figure started to pull from the wall, making its way towards not my sister, but towards me. I've seen something similar in another dream, but this time, this time was so real. The fear was real. I remember trying to speak, but there was hesitation in my chest as I felt so much pressure from the terror not to speak up. But I forced the words. I shouted, I'm not afraid of you. But I was. Still, I shouted, hoping it would go away. It didn't. It just pushed from the wall. The form of the mouth opened as it was groaning rather harshly at me. Then I woke, the hand of a nurse pushing at my shoulder. It was morning and I was breathing heavily, and as I looked around I saw my sister looking at me. I wanted to wake you up. You were crying out and muttering no in your sleep. I knew this hurt her and scared her. She was my big sister, the one who was supposed to be able to protect me, but she was bedridden. Even typing this, I'm wanting to cry because the memory is real. The shame for scaring her and making her remember her limited capability isn't helping. It hasn't happened since then, and this happened in the spring of 2019. My sister will pass away that June, followed by my mother in November. I found out later that she kept a secret from my mother and I. She only told my sister-in-law because she had to tell someone. That January she had a dream from someone she said she didn't recognise. A man told her not to worry and that she wouldn't be sick for much longer. That shook her. She wasn't ready for goodbyes, but many never are. So dreams, they held a lot of power to her at the time, and they hold a lot of power in my eyes as well. We were raised by our mother who always had a healthy respect and interest for the paranormal. This all may not seem like much, but it's just one of a few dreams that were not just dreams. I know a dream and nightmare from experience. I have a few others, but I'll save them for another time. Thank you for your time in reading this, as it's just one of the two times I've shared this with anyone. Wow, Carolyn. Thank you so much for getting in touch with that story. Um, firstly, I'm going to say, obviously, please send in anything else that you have because that was fantastic. I mean, obviously, it was terribly sad. But as a paranormal story, that's exactly what we want on the show. But yeah, a figure pulling out of the wall. Yuck. 
mean, I can imagine it almost like a shadow peeling off the wall, but becoming 3D. Terrifying. Absolutely bloody terrifying. It's interesting, a few months ago, I'd done a piece um, about nurses who work in hospices and what they've experienced. And there was a, a group of nurses from one hospice and all of them were talking about, oh yeah, like, you know, the, the patients that we have, they always come and be greeted by someone who's passed over. It's common. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, we kind of don't give, in the normal everyday outside of hospice world, we don't give it the second thought really, but it's everyday work for these people. They go in and arguably deal with the paranormal on a daily basis. So bizarre. But yes, sincerely, once again, Carolyn, thank you very much for getting interviewed with your story. And um, yeah, my heart goes out to you. God bless you. But send in the rest, pretty please. So our next email comes in from Steve. Hi, Kevin. Hi. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I often have long night shifts at work and it keeps me pretty sane to tune in and listen to all the weird and spooky stories you share. Why, thank you, Steve. That's very nice of you. Please, could you refer to me as Steve? See, now what I've done here, listeners, is his name isn't Steve, but I read out his real name first and had to go back and re-record, hence me calling him Steve at the start. So yes, Steve, I can now on my second attempt. Or something generic if you decide to add this to your amazing podcast. I have and I will, as it's pretty frowned upon in my line of work to believe in the supernatural and I'll end up getting the mickey taken without a doubt. I don't know about you guys, listeners, but I'm intrigued by that intro. So let's have Steve's paranormal experience. I'll try and keep it as short as I can. I've been in the army since I was 18. I'm now in my mid-twenties. And I think I must have been the smallest and weediest guy in my basic training, so the infantry wasn't really an option. And I had fairly decent grades, so I decided to join as an engineer. As an engineer... We have to go and do a year or so of technical training in between basic training and our first posting. In our case, it takes place in an old converted RAF base in the south of England. Now, this place is huge, and my first impression as I drove through the gates was that this place looked extremely modern, and after just enduring the most physically and mentally demanding 14 weeks of my life, I felt like this would be a holiday in comparison. I was wrong. My course was very difficult. Lots of maths and exams and in true military fashion, any shortcoming was swiftly met with punishment, or character building as they call it. I liked to drink and I had effectively spent my early adulthood in the military, so this really became a bad habit for me and my course mates and we would drink more in a week than most people would manage in a month which often resulted in my Monday mornings being spent in Sergeant Major's office having one-sided conversations and signing disciplinary paperwork. In the army, the only real punishment is having your time taken away. And so, I found myself on a lot of extra duties, often in the middle of the night, when no one else would willingly volunteer. So it made sense to punish me with them. I'd had a few moments where I experienced strange things, but I'd always been logical and fairly dismissive. However, one particular night absolutely sealed the deal for me, and I'll never forget it. By this point, I'd done so many extra duties I knew the sketch inside out. Report to the guardroom, get a pep talk about how I was an insubordinate and had to sort my life out, sign on to the shift, collect a radio, and go about the rounds. We had a lot of under-18s on camp, and as part of our duty, 
we had to check on them to make sure they were all in bed by midnight, just in case anyone was missing and in trouble. I'd walk from room to room and read out the names. I'd get a here, then move into the next room. The buildings were new enough and well lit, although all lights were on a motion sensor and very sensitive. You would see them switch on as you entered the corridor and picked up your movement. Every corridor looked the same, a large communal bathroom on the right or left as you entered, followed by two large rooms on either side with four bed spaces in each. The whole camp was on summer leave one year and I'd forfeited my time off because I'd once again got a little tipsy and ended up coming back way after curfew in a police car. This meant that out of maybe a thousand soldiers on camp, maybe a hundred plus had stayed on camp and spread across the large complex of buildings. I'd made my way into a large accommodation building and proceeded on the ground floor doing the rounds with no issue. Only two or three people had stayed and I had a chat with them just to make sure they were doing okay. It can be quite depressing to stay and not go home on leave. The first floor went roughly the same. The third floor, however, made me feel strange. I can't explain the feeling with words properly. I had an experience as a child where I went kayaking and got caught beneath it as it overturned and I almost drowned. The feeling was very similar. It felt like I could breathe fine, but the oxygen just wouldn't go to my lungs. I shrugged it off and remember thinking to myself that I must be so unfit walking up the stairs, and I had a little giggle. The corridor lights flicked on as I entered. No one had been there in at least 15 minutes. I entered the first room and read out the first name. The lights were off inside, as was usually the case. The lad would be in bed and I'd call the name and get a response, etc., I got no response to the first name, so I read out the next. Again, no reply. The last name I read out got a response. A gruff-sounding voice from the back corner said, He's not here. I was tired. I only had a few buildings left, and then I could go to bed. So I just said, Okay, mate, have a good night, and left. I moved to the next room, knocked, and opened the door. The light was off there too. I started reading out the names. No response again. I left for the final room. I knocked, opened the door and started reading the names. After the first name, I got a very loud shout. I've told you they're not here. I won't tell you again. I flicked the light on instantly and prepared to give a good old army bollocking, but noticed immediately that no one was in the room. The beds were made perfectly and the windows were shut. My first reaction was to open every cupboard, drawer, God knows why, I was terrified, and look under every bed. Nothing. I'd just been screamed at by thin air. I can understand why most people's first instinct is to run, but I couldn't. My legs felt like jelly. So I went out into the corridor and sat against the wall and immediately rang my mother just to hear another human voice. As I talked to her, I noticed the first door in the row, the one I'd originally heard the voice in, open wide. I had to go past to get back out of the building, and it took all of my courage to go and have a look in. All the beds were empty, but the pillows and mattresses had been piled up in the centre of the room, and no one was present. Needless to say, I left that building faster than Usain Bolt, and was very hesitant to drink as often at work, 
as I just didn't want to have to do that duty again. I've heard similar stories from work colleagues with so much worse than mine. One guy I work with begged the quartermaster to change his room to another building because he would sometimes look to the mirror and see an old man in a large overcoat standing behind him with both hands over his face. I feel I should mention that there are two types of view on this in the military. Some people believe as they've seen things on operations they can't explain. And then there are people that are so sceptical they will make fun of those who believe. I now believe and honestly hope I never experience anything like that again. I still feel incredibly uneasy when alone on a duty and constantly seem to notice things more when I'm expecting it. Again, I love the podcast and I really hope it continues for a while. Much love to you and Becca. Stay safe and I hope to see this on a future podcast. Well, there you go, Steve. You have. Wow, what a terrifying story. I love it when we get army stories and like that because... There seems to be something a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Authentic. Yes, there's something a bit more authentic about when a soldier says, listen, I'm meant to be a tough guy protecting the country here and uh, I've seen a ghosty. I believe it much more then. So thank you very much, Steve. If you do get any more tales or, you know, even if your squadron mates, however, I don't think that's the right phrase, but if you're the people you work with within the armed forces, if they tell you any ghost stories, please send them on because it'd be great to get some you know, have someone on the inside looking for ghost stories. So please be that person, Steve. Anyway, it's time for the pianist to come out, aye aye, and for them to play some Tinkle Tonkles to introduce Becca and Reddit Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. And it's time once more, if that jingle means something, which it does, it means it's time once more for Reddit Corner with Becca. Hello, Becca. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. I mean, you're saying that, but I already do that with piano music in the background. Is it just because you want to have your own stamp on it? I thought you wanted me to welcome people to Reddit Corner. I do, I do. I mean, it's Reddit Corner with Becca, so it's all well and good you welcoming them, but I think the real welcome comes from Becca. Well, fair play, yes. And if the feedback is anything to go by that we're receiving so far for Reddit Corner, people kind of just want this to be the whole show. But unfortunately, <laughs> that's not how Reddit Corner works. Um, so well done for being popular. Thank you. But um, what we're doing today in Reddit Corner, I because I find these Reddit stories and I pass them to Becca for her to read and us to discuss. Mm-hmm. So today has come from the Reddit subreddit. Still not proofing them first, no? No, 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 no. Don't, don't want to do anything as professional as that, Becca. <laughs> okay. So, um, no, as I've said, what I do is I read the first line. If it says, this is dead scary, great. I read the last line. If it says, and they never done it again, I think great. And if it's big, then we find out what goes on together. So we all learn together what's going on on this. So it's a surprise for all of us. For all of us, even the listeners, especially the listeners. So today's subreddit is the r slash nursing subreddit. A subreddit, which is, subreddit even, which is generally just nurses saying, um, do you like working shifts and stuff like that? And, ooh, the NHS. But somebody has asked, how do you feel about telling us a ghost story from where you work? <laughs> right, okay. And how did people feel about well, that? Well, apparently they loved it. So, tell us, Becca, what is the story I prepped for you today? So, to de- prep in the loosest <laughs> sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, I found on Reddit and passed the phone to today. Um, okay, this story is from Chafing the Dream... Okay. That is a... Chafing the dream. Yes. Okay. 
Well, they're still probably a nurse, I'm sure. Or a doctor. Far be it from me to disparage them. Carry on. Right. Let's begin. My young patient came in for an emergency appendectomy and was placed in room 326, the room that was rumoured to be haunted. I was doing my hourly rounds at night and I peeked my head into his room to make sure he was still breathing. He was awake and I asked if he needed anything. He said, no, the other nurse got me some water. Thanks. I did want to mention, though, I thought it was a little weird, but she sat in the chair in the corner and watched me while I lay in bed. After a while, I asked her to leave because I wanted to sleep. That was a quote. The nurse said, I thought this was strange and that the staff shouldn't be sitting in his room. I asked what the nurse looked like and he said, oh, she had white scrubs on with white shoes, but it was dark, so he couldn't see her face. I didn't think much of it as he'd gotten pain meds during the night and brushed it off as something related to the pain meds. Before my next hourly rounds, I hear someone screaming and see the call light go on for room 326. I run down the hall and see the patient cowering in the corner of his bed, shaking, his face white as a ghost. He said the nurse in white had come back into his room, sat in the chair in the corner, and then started floating over his bed, wrapping her hands around his neck and shaking him. At that point, he started screaming and she floated away. I didn't want to believe he had just experienced this, but I got chills down my spine. I tried to calm the patient down and blame it on the pain meds, recent surgery, being in a strange environment, but neither he nor I were buying it. He refused to stay in that room for the rest of the night. I settled him in a room across the hall, and he didn't have any further visits from the nurse in white. When everything had settled down, I explained what happened to my co-workers. The majority listened on the edge of their seats, but a few chuckled, unfazed by, my haunting, by the haunting my patient had gone through. They said, oh, that's just Nancy. <laughs> hold on, wait there, no, hold on, calling, and not, I'm not calling bullshit, but hold on, they're saying the murderous can ghost. Can please finish? You can finish, I'm, I'm just absolutely flabber, my, my flabber is gasted because we're saying here there's a murderous ghost and they're going, <laughs> that's just Nancy, Well, she actually, kills. I would like to finish this story before you just okay. interject. Okay, I, I do, yeah, I sincerely apologise. Quite okay, because we've got about four lines to go and you've just ah, blurted in at the last one. Premature. <laughs> wait a minute. Go on. So... Oh, that's just Nancy. The murderer. She used to work here many years ago, but passed away at the hospital just last year, in room 326. She comes back every now and then to finish her shift. What was her shift? Murdering? That, that is my question, yeah. Every now and then to finish her shift. So, yeah, who? at what point was that part of yeah, her shift? So she was mid-strangulation and then went, oh, it's five o'clock. Best, best log off. I'll get yeah. you tomorrow, Jeff. I mean, also, so she passed away at the hospital in that room, but she comes back as a nurse to finish the shift, not as a patient where she passed, you know. But did, did she pass away in the room? Yeah, she used to work here many years ago, passed away at the hospital last year in that room. Oh, so she came back as a patient and died. It doesn't, I mean, either there was a terrible accident and she's died on duty or maybe she was she's a, being she was, a patient. Yeah, she died. was whacked over the head by a policeman while she was throttling a patient. Maybe. 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 Hmm, it's like a walking dead scenario, but, you know, they're all alive. But she's now dead. Mm-hmm. Well, that is very scary. See, because, you know, if I went into a hospital, let's say if you went into hospital, yeah. right? God forbid. But let's say, I don't know, I decided I'd had enough of you and just walloped you with the fan over there. Um, Guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last Reddit corner with Becca. Uh, 
if there are any any concerns about this, I would like you to direct the authorities to this part of this episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's important everyone just puts a little flag if possible you can on on this on this date stamp. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> and that were Becca's last words. <laughs> No, so let's say that you go into hospital right now. You forgive me in this story. So I come in to visit what, you. What, so you've walloped me and then I forgive you? Yeah, because you you, you just say I was probably, I, mean, I, I deserve that. Kev, I do try and suspend my disbelief for ghost stories, but this is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, either way, the cat jumps. Let's just say you've, you're injured, you're in hospital. Right. I'm coming to see you, right. right? And when I come in, you're pain medded up and all this carry on. But you say, oh, last night, I think I seen a ghost of a nurse. She came in to check on me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, isn't that lovely? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I and I think, or let's say if I was experiencing that, I'd be like, that's lovely. What a lovely experience. She's coming in to make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But nowhere in my mind would it then be, if she came in again, I'd be like, oh, it's that friendly ghost. It's that friendly ghost. It's the, what? Ah! Maybe it's because the first time he asked her to leave, maybe she really succumbed to that. Do you reckon? Yeah, do you remember she was just sat there in the corner, wasn't she? Well, she friggin' hell. So he a- asked her to leave and then she's come back in. Was, tried to kill him. Tried to- <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would be, I would be kind of interested to know what the deal is with the water because he said she got me water, and I would like it if the nurse could confirm that there wasn't water and then there was. Oh know. yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, some sort of evidence. Yeah, mm. exactly. Like something physical, wasn't it? You know, especially if she was the only nurse on shift. I'll be honest. Which seems unlikely. Yeah, it does seem unlikely. But I, I'll be honest. Hospitals are amazing for that sort of terrifying story and that's you know because it's it is the place of death in it let's be honest if if you looked holistically that's not the right word but you know if you're an alien group and you came in and went where do most people die aliens would be fascinated did you mean statistically yes statistically aliens would be fascinated if they don't have a similar sort of health setup if they were like show me where most people die on this planet Mm. because there'd be little locations that would just be like thousands here thousands there where the hospitals are yeah and that's um you know it's quite interesting. And we've got a friend of me who works who worked in a hospital, the Liverpool hospital that's now getting renovated, so it started shutting down wards. Mm-hmm. And although she doesn't have a ghost story attached to it, she does say like all the nurses would not go down certain wards of a night yeah. to go and get supplies. Yeah. And um yeah, I just found it the whole thing, the whole gamut very interesting. Yeah. Well, Becca, thank you for once again joining us on Reddit Corner with Becca. Have you got a sign off this welcome. week you want to say? Last week's one was great, of course. Well, should we just stick with that? Go on, then, if you can remember. Safe journey home from Reddit Corner with Becca. I like that, because it implies people have travelled to listen. I know they're travelling back to you, and it might be a bumpy road, so... Oh, so you, what if they go off the road, die, and then they feature on Reddit Corner with Becca? That's awful. It really is. Safe journey home, guys. <laughs> Please don't die. Okay, thank you, Becca. You're welcome. And that brings us to the end of another lovely episode. So don't forget, guys, if you want to get in touch, either just to say hello or if you want to send me your true paranormal experience, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com and I will read it out. In the meantime and in between time, don't forget you can sign up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Okay, you wonderful, lovely people. I will speak to you all next week. Tatty bye. (laughs) 